Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Hunter Yurchek, ladies and gentlemen, in the house, and they are calling the hogs for him. And uh, we'll catch the back end of that. Anything else we need to hit on? We are in the studio part of the week. Tomorrow I'm going to be traveling. That's right. I'm going to see Pearl Jam in a concert that was rescheduled from 2020 because of COVID. <laughs> Finally getting back around to it. Wow, two years later. You're going to be kicking it for a good cause at Bolo Bash. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to go out there and help raise some money. That's awesome. All right, we're going to run inside here and just have a little phone, Hunter, your check. I was at the uh, Walmart uh, employee meeting last week, and they put that same picture up. I think Kevin Trainer may be responsible for the doggone picture, but somebody asked, were you a good basketball player? I said, I played at Guilford. Doesn't that answer your question? <laughs> so uh, it is great to be here. And uh, I don't know, Sully was, must have been looking at my speech because I think he took the majority of that, okay? <laughs> and I've had some great hires that have worked out really well. But the one thing that got Razorback fans really excited during my tenure, Dave, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Yep. (laughs) Cheers! We could have won all the games this year in football, but nothing would mean more than bringing Coke back to the stadium, that's for sure. So, how about those hogs? Our football team is 3-0. and I was never worried on Saturday. Never. We had them right where we wanted them. I thought, you know, fumbling on the one-yard line is a great strategy early on. Uh, but in all seriousness, here's what uh, people across this state know about Bobby Petrino. He can coach football. And he had his team well prepared at Razorback Stadium on Saturday. But uh, here's a mark of a great team with a great culture when you don't necessarily play your best against an opponent that you should beat that really plays their best, you still find a way to win that game. And that's what the Arkansas Razorback football program did on Saturday night. So I'm glad to be here, David, because it hasn't always worked out that way for me. (laughs) I was having flashbacks to North Texas back in 2018, San Jose State in 2019. Thankfully, COVID hit in 2020. I didn't have to make an appearance. 2021, Texas A&M, that worked out pretty good for me. And then uh, Missouri State came to town. Kevin had written my notes in advance, and he said, after a big win against Missouri State, it almost came back to bite us, Kevin, didn't it? Where are you at, Kevin? Kevin? We're never writing those remarks in advance anymore, are we? No. But, uh, David, I think after five years, we finally have nailed it, haven't we? We've gotten this date down, um, and it's working out for me. But um, I don't like to spend a lot of time dwelling on the past, but um, if we could show Vita, this is how I used to feel as a Razorback athletic director, if we could bring that video up. That was after North Texas and San Jose State when I realized I had to go to the touchdown club the following Monday. (laughs) Now, here's how I look. And I could spend an hour going through the accolades of our student athletes, but I have a special video that I want to share with you guys that I think will give you a testament to what our athletic program has done during the past year, if y'all could cue that video. All right, there you go. Video's over. Perfect timing. Boom. I like to hit the post. Hunter time. 
So we have 19 sports programs, 465 student athletes, and, and our philosophy is we want all 19 of those sports programs and those 465 student athletes to have an opportunity to have success at the University of Arkansas. So we're just not about football and men's basketball and baseball. We're about all 19 sports programs, and there's a thing called the Learfield Directors' Cup that takes 350 Division I teams and ranks you by how your sports collectively finish over a one-year period. And during the 2021 season, we finished a record high eighth in the Learfield Directors' Cup out of 350 Division I schools. <laughs> and they take your top 20 sports, your top 20. So if you have 33, you get to throw 13 out, okay? We only have 19, so we don't even have one metric that's in this equation that gets calculated. And so we're thinking, okay, what are we going to do the following year to beat that? And that was 21-22. Well, we just finished seventh in the Learfield Directors' Cup during the past year. In the past two years, we've won 18 SEC championships, 18. To give you a couple of perspectives on that, the first being the next two closest schools during that same two-year period are Alabama and Florida have both won seven during that two-year period. We've won 18. I was sitting with the Missouri athletic director at the recent SEC softball championship past spring, and she's saying, well, this will be awesome if we can win this. It'll be our second or third SEC championship. And I always count SEC championships in the current year. And I'm thinking, I don't remember Missouri winning any SEC championships this year. Well, she was talking about during her whole time in the SEC. We won two that weekend, men's track and field and softball. We had nine teams ranked in the top ten last year when the season finished. Fourteen finished in the top 25. Eighteen of 19 went to postseason play. That was during the past year. And so now we're thinking, oh, and one other stat. We were the only school, the only school in the country that had a football team that won a bowl game, a men's basketball team that went to the Elite Eight, and a baseball team that went to the College World Series. But all of those things aside, what's really is important is that these young men and women leave the University of Arkansas with a degree. And we have what we call the Razorback graduation rate. And what that is is if a student athlete exhausts their athletic eligibility at the University of Arkansas, meaning they can go nowhere else and play their sport, have they earned a degree? And over the past two years, 98% of our student athletes who have left the University of Arkansas have earned a degree. So what are we doing this year to top it? Well, our football team's ranked in the top 10. They're 3-0. Our, volley our volleyball team, for the first time in over a decade, they're 9-1, have won two top 10 games, and they're ranked in the top 25. They'll probably move up into the top 15 this week after beating number 7 Georgia Tech in Barnhill. Our soccer team is 5-2-1, ranked 14th. Our women's cross-country team is ranked ninth. Our men's cross-country team is ranked 12th. Our men's golf team is ranked 14th. And our women's golf team is ranked 22nd for our fall sports so far this year. So I think we may top it again. And it's something we need to embrace. I love what Coach Pittman says. I mean, we're we excited about being a top 10 team in football. 
Heck yeah, we're excited about being a top 10 team. But here's what's really cool. You see some pictures of me in the tunnel. I'm after the, in the tunnel congratulating those men on a victory after every single game. And what I can tell you for sure is why they are excited about winning. They know they have yet to play their best football game this season, that there's still room for improvement. And that's pretty exciting for a team that's 3-0 ranked in the top 10 to know that you still haven't played your best football yet and we haven't even come close to peaking. And boy, we need to peak soon because we've got Texas A&M and then Alabama and then Mississippi State on the road, and then BYU on the road, then we get a bye week. But we got a tough four-week stretch. Uh, but I'm so excited about the job that Sam Pittman has done. Um, he is, and I say this, he, I know he was here. He is as genuine as they come as a human being. And he answers your question. Some media member, if you haven't seen it, and I wish we had it, it was just priceless, said, well, coach, on that fourth and nine, what happened? Everybody remember the fourth and nine play on Saturday? You know what Coach Pittman's answer was? He said, well, on that fourth and nine, our quarterback turned and he handed the ball off to this running back who went for five yards. The referee said, first down, Missouri State. Because that's what happened. Fourth and nine, we only gained five yards. You're going to turn the ball over to the other team every time. But that's who he is. And I mean, we, let's just go through this list of amazing coaches. Sam Pittman, Eric Musselman, Mike Neighbors, Dave Van Horn, Courtney Diefel, Jordan Weber, Colby Hale, Lance Harder, Chris Bucknam, Brad McMakin, Shauna Taylor, Jason Watson, now our volleyball coach who has his team in the top 25. Christina Chanchez, who is a rock star as our women's tennis coach. She was a former three-sport athlete at Texas A&M, now leading their program. And we welcome back Jay Udwadia, who played tennis here, was a, a coach at Oklahoma State, and now he's back where he belongs uh, leading our men's tennis program. But we just have unbelievable head coaches leading our young men and women, and that's why our athletic program is so successful. And not only are they great coaches, they are just great human beings and great people uh, to be around and hang out with. David, are you going to ask me any questions on NIL, or should I just go ahead and cover that right now? It's my favorite topic. I love name, image, and likeness. Like, I mean, you're a sponsor guru. I may come, have you come on board and be like an NIL guy for us with all the sponsors that you get in here. But I tell you what, I wouldn't forget Dairy Queen again. Never. <laughs> right? I got a plug in for you. I know he forgot you. It's okay. Boy, David, it is hot up here. I don't know why you guys are sweating. I need a, I need a sweat towel. All right, Name, Image, and Likeness in its first year. We had 225 student-athletes who participated in Name, Image, and Likeness. That's not all football, men's basketball players. It's 135 men, 90 women, over 600 agreements. They earned over $2 million in what I will call were legitimate Name, Image, and Likeness agreements. That's in the first year. How are we topping that this year? 60 days in, over 100 student-athletes participating, and they've already to date generated over $2.1 million in name, image, likeness agreements in 60 days. And we haven't even brought David Basil on board yet for that. But name, image, likeness, the way it is intended is a great thing for young men and women and for college athletics. Uh, but the unintended consequence of that is uh, everybody always finds, not everybody, people find a loophole with every rule that's out there. And uh, what started with the collectives on the side that are used as inducements to bring young men and young women to your campus and enhance the transfer portal, that's what's bad about name, image, and likeness that uh, as an industry we've got to get our arms around for sure. So, David, I'm going to stop right there and 
you've got a Q&A. Are you doing it, or are we just doing the audience participation? Okay, okay awesome. You sit right over there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, be careful, Rex. Thank you. Yeah, don't spill the dough. I'll leave it here. Is this my mic? Yeah, just take that out, yeah. I won't keep you long. We'll just talk for a few minutes. Uh, hey, like David, before we get started, yeah. Sid, I got a question I want to ask you. Yes. I'm going to ask the questions today, if that's okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, tell me about the boot. Is that a pretty important trophy to you, the boot? The boot, sure. You yeah. started that I trophy, did. didn't you? I did. When did you start that? That was 1996. 1996. You know we, we have the boot back in our locker room again. It's like, it's like one of my kids. Right? Yes. Yeah. And... You know the boot, we're going to play for that at Razorback Stadium on November the 12th, right? Yes. Yes. I would like to invite you to come back and be our honorary captain for that game. Wow. That would be awesome. I'm very honored. Thank you. That would be great. Is that a deal? That's a deal. Kevin, he's coming. Wow. How about that? You know, after listening to all this, I was, I was going to say, sounds like somebody needs a raise. Now even more so. Let's talk about that. <laughs> You know, you were bragging on all the coaches. Uh, Barrett, go to go to uh, slide number two. I just want to – you're talking about everybody else and all the teams and all that. Uh, actually, not slide number two. Sl yeah, slide number two there. See if we've got that. How about this? How about you being the athletic director of the year? And then when did, when did you re actually receive that? That was back in June – at the uh, NACTA, our annual NACTA convention, which is the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics. Um, I was up for another similar award. This one's really special because your colleagues vote on this one. And uh, they, they know how hard it is in the, the seats that we sit in as directors of athletics and for your colleagues to select you for that award. That's what, that one's really special. I noticed uh, when you go, if, you, if you've been to the stadium, when you pull up to the, the Brawls Complex, you see two uh, signs, I guess you would say, uh, on the on the glass there, one says eight, and one says seven, and that's of course where you were in the Learfield Directors Cup. So I think I thought that was interesting. You want to make sure everybody sees uh, not only just what football is doing, but what the entire athletic department is doing. Absolutely, we talk about it on a regular basis. Our coaches, I think it's important and very healthy to talk about winning. And that's what we're at the University of Arkansas for as a department of athletics, to educate young men and women, but to give them an opportunity to have success. And success for student athletes is winning championships. They invest a great deal of their personal time as student athletes at the University of Arkansas. And I want all of them to feel important and for all of them to have an opportunity to have success. So we talk about it, and then when we have success, we're going to celebrate it. Uh, you know, you were talking about the different coaching hires. Let's go back and go ahead and punch up video bear for on, on number three. You got, this seems like an eternity ago, but let's, this is a, a special night here. Let's play this clip. Good. Hey, Coach Pittman, you got something to say? Yeah, I do. Go Hawks! Yes, sir! <laughs> wow. That seems like that was forever ago. I just was just going back that night to where you are now. Just talk about that, that point and the journey to now. Well, that was December 9th of 2019, and we got three months into that, and the world came to a crashing halt because of COVID, and Coach had like an hour of spring practice, I believe, to get ready for what was then an SEC-only schedule. But 
Um, he handled that as well as any first-time coach could handle that, and you could start to see our program, even through a three and seven season, starting to make progress. But, you know, that, that was a special night, and, and Judy may kill me for saying this, but, I mean, Sam didn't ask what we were going to pay him or how long his contract was going to be. Sam Pittman just wanted to be the head football coach at the University of Arkansas. And Judy will confirm that, right? <laughs> you know, you know, you can look back, you can revisionist history, but when you were sitting there in that in that room, if somebody had told you, hey, by the way, in year two, he's gonna be he's gonna have the program in the top ten. Year three, he's gonna have the program back in the top ten again. I don't think you could ever envision that. Um, because of where our program was, we were coming off consecutive two and ten seasons but the one thing that you know the SEC game is one in the trenches and Sam Pittman's an offensive line coach and you're for an offensive line coach you also understand the defensive line and I don't know that there's a better recruiter out there than Sam Pittman so you talk about rebuilding the your interior line recruiting the athletes that you need and then just he gets those young men to believe in themselves and to believe in each other and to believe in their coaching staff and that's what he's done and he He's got all of us believing in our football program as well. Yeah, year, year three. I mean, we're in year three of this process. And, you know, you were showing that picture. I was there. I, I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I, was, I told Kevin I was going to use that picture of you in the, in the press conference room because I remember looking over there and thinking, wow, boy, Hunter does not look good. You know, I mean, he, he's – I mean, look, you saw, you saw the body language on that, and I thought you might be offended. So I was glad that you used it yourself because I'm telling you, all these fans and all of you know that those were tough times for this program, and that's why winning now means so much more. Sure, that was after – that picture was after the Western Kentucky game. And um, the next day I let Chad Morris go. So I knew what I had to do at that point in time, and um, so – I think the picture was taken at a bad angle. I probably was much happier than that after the West <laughs> Kentucky. Um, so, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, you were comparing the achievements of all the co all your program compared to the other schools. I mean, when you walk around the other SEC ADs, is it sort of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy? Yeah, that's why I count them up. No. No, they, they want to know what the secret sauce is. And it's, it, here's what the secret sauce is that makes this whole state successful and so special, is the people. It's the people within our athletic program at our university in northwest Arkansas and across this great state. That's what the secret sauce is. And without the people that support our program, I mean, here, we're in one of the smallest states in the country, right? Little, three million plus. We are sold out. Well, here's what I have to say, near capacity, because if you're sold out, there's tax implications for our staff tickets. So we're, we're near capacity for the remaining games in our football stadium. We're sold out of suites in the football stadium. We are sold out in men's basketball season. We're sold out in Baumwalker in the smallest state. And look, we put 10,000 in Bud Walton for a gymnastics meet. We sold out softball regionals and super regionals. We sold out NCAA soccer. If we don't get support like that from the amazing people across this state, we can't have the success we're having because we are a self-sustaining athletic program, one of less than 20 in the country, which means we don't take a dollar from the state of Arkansas, we don't take a dollar from the University of Arkansas, we don't take a dollar from our students. Everything we invest in our athletic program is generated through our athletic program. 
You know, I, re I was talking to a media person a little earlier and talking about when you first got here, Raj and Tommy and RJ. I remember, I think the first show we had, I think we called you Hunter Urikovich. Uh, <laughs> we did, remember that? Urikovich. It took a while for us to meet. You, you had no connection to the state. You really didn't. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable, again, coming into, obviously, a program that has a lot of tradition, history, great supporters, but you came in pretty much blind to not knowing anyone here, really. I did. I remember that day, flying that late that night, my wife and I were flying in. We landed at Drake, and I looked out the window of the plane, and I said, I sure hope we like it. <laughs> because I signed my contract, and I will tell you, we, we love it. We love this community. People um, have accepted our family. We realize we're not from here, but we feel like we're from here even after five years. My, my oldest son and his uh, wife got married in Fayetteville. They had never lived in Fayetteville, but they fell in love with it. Jake, my middle son, transferred from Colorado to Arkansas. He loved it so much and trying to talk Brooks into going to the University of Arkansas and um, because it's just such a special, special place. I'm gonna, probably going to blow it. I mentioned at the podium I had a call from an ESPN reporter that's doing a story on the amazing support that the coaches at Arkansas show towards one another. Remember it was a year ago that, that uh, Coach Muss and Dave Van Horn were down on the sideline for the A&M game. And, you know, I remember going to the softball game last, last year, looking down there, seeing Muss and his wife, and then seeing Dave Van Horn. And uh, he was asking me, I'm sure he's probably talked to you, just why is that? Because you don't see that everywhere to that degree where all the coaches seem to be connected and supporting one another. Yeah. So we have a play on words within our Department of Athletics, and you see me use it a lot. It's called One Razorback. And obviously, we're the only Razorback mascot in college athletics, but it's also uh, O-N-E, only need everyone. We only need everyone kind of on the same page, rowing the boat in the same direction, supporting each other to be successful. And that's within our Department of Athletics, and that's across this state. And our coaches have bought into that, and they see each other's success is not a thing that hurts them, but that helps them. And when we, you know, it's kind of that, that tide rising cliche that, uh, I mean, we're rising together as 19 different programs. And, um, you know, Coach Pittman and I went to a volleyball game at 10 o'clock last Friday. Well, he's getting ready for a game against South Carolina. He can walk across to Barnhill to go to volleyball. Coach Must made an appearance at volleyball. They'll be at soccer, and you'll see m many of our coaches at football games. And then there's a text chain that we have between myself and our head coaches. And when we have a big win, somebody will chime in and congratulate the coach on that win, and then everybody will chime in. And um, it just works. And I'm going to go back to they're just genuinely good people first and foremost that are leading our athletic programs as head coaches and that's why it works in the big three i think most of us we used to talk about this on the show still do occasionally talking about how this point with the big three uh is the last time you can look at the national success would be the late 70s Ed Lou Holtz was a football coach. Eddie Sutton was a basketball coach. And uh, Norm DeBryan was a baseball coach. World Series, Final Four, uh, top three, top five ranking. And uh, I tell you, it's rare air to be there. And uh, But you're, you're there. You're in that same era now. And it's very exciting. And, and look, we will have a dip at some point in time. But we are not going to have a crash. It is hard to win games. It's hard to win games. I mean, you just look what's happening in college football this year. What, what's happening more than anything with the transfer portal, it is definitively leveling the playing field across the country. And there, you know, Missouri State had an elite quarterback 
on their program, right? And there's several elite players. It's why it allows an Appalachian State to beat a Texas A&M or Georgia Southern to go beat uh, Nebraska and Marshall to go to Notre Dame and win and Missouri State to, to play us to the very end, um, the transfer portal. And so it is hard to win football games. And so to answer your question, we need to ride this wave and enjoy it. We're going to have a dip. We're not going to have to wait from, what did you said, 79 to how many years was that ago? 40 years? We're not going to wait another 40 years. We may have a dip. We may have to wait four months for it to come back up. We're not waiting 40 years. Uh, the hated Longhorns uh, will be coming into the conference yeah. along with OU. I know there's been a lot of discussion on how you format schedules and just your thoughts on uh, what you see maybe developing in scheduling. I know some people have asked, will that affect the Arkansas State schedule of those games coming up in a few years? Well, I think you'll see most of our sports, including football, will go to a single division schedule with all 16 teams. We're working through tiebreaker scenarios on that. Everybody obviously wants to know what the football schedule is going to be like. We've narrowed that down to really two models. One's an eight-game model and nine is a, one. the other is a nine-game SEC model. But think about, I mean, the East is getting a little stronger, but right now it's hard to build a football program when you live in the SEC West. And what that one division model will allow us to do is accomplish a few things. One, we'll get to each other's campus once every four years. And so we will have an opportunity to play everybody in the SEC home and away during a four-year period. So that, that's very healthy for our league. It's healthy for our fans. Um, I think you can travel to places we haven't had an opportunity to travel, and I think it creates a fair and balanced and equitable schedule for everybody involved. You said, uh, I think when I guess you first became AD, that you weren't a big fan of the way contracts for coaches were done. Well, you, how you, you know, obviously when a coach is fired, he's rewarded basically with a lot of money. And we saw, you know, you saw the situation with, I think, Scott Frost, you know, support, reportedly the buyout was if they'd have waited another week, they could have saved $8 million. Just Again, just the, the, the money situation. Give us your thoughts on, is, have you changed from that, that first year when you made that statement, or you still feel it's bad to have these kind of contracts? I, I do think it's bad. I think we have done a, a subpar job as administrators in college athletics in managing contracts. And, you know, you think of NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball coaches, you don't hear about them revisiting their contracts every two or three years when they have some success. Well, they have incentives in their contracts, and they have a five-year contract. They'll start renegotiating that after year four. And because you can't tamper, you can't play another NFL team off of another NFL team because you'll get in trouble for tampering as an organization. Well, we don't have that in college athletics, and so, you know, a coach or their representative can, you know, threaten that, hey, this coach is going to go to this school if you don't pay him this. And we have caved to that form of negotiation in college athletics, and, and that has been bad for us, in my opinion. And one of those things is the buyouts. There's not extreme buyouts in professional sports. So why is there buyouts in college athletics? The Cowboys, I think, gross over $900 million as an organization. They pay their head football coach $4 million. I asked Mr. Jones that question, why do you pay your coach $4 million? He said, because that's coming out of my pocket. And that's a great answer, right? Why is the Cowboys coach making $4 million, but we have college coaches making over $10 million? doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, and that was the next question. As long as TV money continues to come in at the pace and these new deals are being done, 
you know, I'm not sure anything can stop it. I mean, what we just saw where uh, Clemson's uh, Davos Winnie's, I think, just got a, a deal. The coach over at Tennessee just got a million-dollar raise. I mean, as long as that money com is coming from TV, that looks obviously to be the engine. Absolutely, and it's not just it's that that's a big piece of it, but just think of the impact on your institution. So back in 2019, the University of Arkansas's freshman class was 4,600. Our football team was 2 and 10. This year, we're over 7,000 in our freshman class. We're coming off a 9-4 and four football season, going to the Outback Bowl. We've got a lot of momentum, not just in football and basketball, but there's a uh, what that your front porch, your football program, especially in the SEC, is what that provides to your institution and enrollment. And that's what you know Alabama has lived off of that from an institutional enrollment. Their institutional growth is phenomenal because of what Coach Saban has done. The same has happened at Clemson. And so I think there's a payback to the coaches, not only for what their athletic success has meant to their Department of Athletics, but also to the institution. I think I saw the article, Rex, you can help me out. Is it EEOC? Uh, the, the labor arm of government has, has started an investigation or maybe sniffing around about the labor laws with, with college athletics. I know obviously you're, you, you, you're aware of that and, and maybe, I mean, is that something that you have to, an issue that you're going to be dealing with from labor laws to where you have to pay the players as opposed to the NIL? It's an issue we think about every day, and there's multiple lawsuits that are out there. And um, at the advice of the counsel from the university and the SEC, I'm not able to speak on those lawsuits, but there are lawsuits that are uh, a threat to the health of our organization for sure. What would you, uh, and we'll close on this, uh, and, and by the way, uh, Hunter said he'd be glad to take pictures afterwards, so if you want a picture with Hunter, you can get that. And uh, what do you think, Frank Brawls was here today, and uh, he, he drove his car down you know, Stadium Drive or Razorback Road, and, and drove around and saw the athletic department and saw what was happening. What do you think he'd say? I think he'd have a smile on his face and a great sense of pride because uh, I didn't never had a chance to meet Coach Broyles, but to spend a lot of time uh, with Kevin Trainer, who was obviously very close to Coach Broyles and have learned a great deal about how he led as a football coach and how he led as an administrator. And I think he'd be very proud of what the Department of Athletics looks like today. You know, there, yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he, like you, came from out of state, but he saw something special here, saw the potential for it, and you, you were just describing it with the coaches, the culture here, the people. He saw that too, and I think, obviously, you know, we all stand on the shoulders of those that came before us, but I think you've been able to see exactly what he saw back in the 50s, and now it's you know, obviously another whole level now, but the, the same kind of things that he saw you, you see. Absolutely. I went and, and spoke at uh, Walmart Friday employees meeting. They had seven, 800 people there asking them to raise their hands how many people weren't from the state of Arkansas. And well, more than half the room raised their hand. I said, how many of you want to leave the state of Arkansas? And nobody raised their hand. You know, you come here and you don't realize how special this state is if you're not from here until you arrive here and you interact with the people and just the beauty of this state and all it has to offer. It is a special, special place.